coming up on Studio 3 Live. It's a lot more than singing your song. You know, it's telling your story. This is a real deep, strong message that a lot of people ain't even aware of. He's helping bring an awareness for his people in Syria, and I think that's really dope. Mm -hmm. Funding for this program was provided by Friends, the Iowa PBS Foundation, as well as generations of families and friends who feel passionate about the programs they watch on Iowa PBS. Good evening, and welcome to Studio 3 Live. I'm your host, Mickey Davis. Tonight, we're joined by Basil and the Supernaturals, a Midwest group fronted by lead singer Basil Almadani. The group sings of love, loss, and other reflections based on Basil's experience as a first-generation Syrian-American. Tonight, they join us while touring the country, spreading a message of hope, optimism, and awareness through their music. Please give it up for Basil and the Supernaturals. What's happening, everybody? This is called Calculated Love. Oh, is love overrated? Well, it's been debated in time and time it's won again. Shitty stars ain't half as pretty as my baby when she wakes up in the morning. Come on, come on, say like you mean. Tell me like you mean. Now kiss me like we're out of time. Oh, I crave every moment just to be by your side. The center of your earth is mine. Oh, I know. Oh, we know. Know this change. Know that scientific photographic love. We both can agree This ain't no I am captivated by Oh, there's something in the water And I feel like I'm in tune with you Hey, hey, hey Take it to the top, take it to the top, take it to the top, take it to the top now Take it to the top, take it to the top, take it to the top, take it to the top now, yeah Tell you about the first time I saw my love, but I didn't realize that nature's got its way to unfold. Yeah. Since then, I didn't have to show you the hoops that other ladies made me jump through, but spinning, calculating, what is this all for? I didn't know you'd steal my soul. Forgetting door wide open, what's your name on the wall? I was crunching numbers, overthinking, what does it take to win over your heart?
his head And that scientific photographic love We both can agree Well, this ain't normal, I am captivated in love well, there's something in the water And I feel like I'm in tune with you This is Jeremy Poparet on the guitar. Well, tell me a little bit about how the group came together, kind of what was the origin of the band, and, and then how you all came together for this iteration of, of the band. So the Supernaturals first formed in 2010, in the fall of 2010, when I first moved to Chicago. Uh, and at first, really, it was, it was basil music, like my solo music with a band. Um, and it was a different vibe. It was like indie folk style. Um, and after that, and after like a series of gigs, kind of following my, my singer-songwriter release, it was my second album, um, I really took some time to reflect and uh, really think about timelessness and what I consider timelessness in music. And I just kept gravitating towards mostly Otis Redding, but a lot of Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye and Etta James and Al Green, you name it. I mean, there was something through all these artists, their, their soulful energy that really connected them to their performance and their music. And I just decided that whatever I was gonna do creatively needed to have that level of authenticity to it. It's truly such a pleasure to be here. Uh, my name is Basil, we're Basil and the Supernaturals. And um, I'm first generation Syrian American. I'm a product of immigrants from a place called Aleppo, Syria. And I'll be talking more about that. Uh, but this song is about Duality, rather. Uh, I was born and raised in the U.S. I'm from Northeast Ohio. I lived in Chicago for many years. And actually, I'm now in Northeast Ohio again. The band is a hybrid from different cities across the Midwest. But I've always been a Midwest guy. And, um, you know, it's not easy being like a Cleveland fan in general. It's, <laughs> it's a difficult thing. But I stuck with it. <laughs> you know, and it's always been important to me. And I always felt like I was part of it. You know, and then suddenly I noticed as I was growing up, something really changed, particularly after 9-11. Um, I suddenly became much more aware of my otherness. And it wasn't through anything of my own. It was it's like the rest of the world made me aware that I was a little different than them. So this song is about that. It's really kind of struggling with the two. You and your feet are in two different worlds. It's called Sandman. Baby 
lower bottom of the pecking order. Someone send the police over. Check it out and send me away. over on the trumpet. Can you talk a little bit about your work with the Karam Foundation and kind of why that's important to you as a, as a band? Yeah, the Karam Foundation uh, is, is a US-based nonprofit organization. Um, they're based outside of Chicago, uh, Illinois, and their entire mission is centered around building a better future for Syria by empowering Syrians to build a better future for themselves. So they'll help with transportation to get kids back in schools or for a mother of four to get to the grocery store, for example. Um, in 2019, I also had the pleasure to go to Istanbul and do a series of workshops. Well, my wife also did an adjacent series of workshops at the Karam House in Istanbul. Um, and it was like an innovation center. You just saw the energy of, of, these, uh, of, of these kids. I mean, you had, you had kids and you also had young adults that were trying to figure out like, what's next for them. And my, I did a whole workshop around living uh, living through art and, and using art as, as a vehicle to whether it's processing your trauma or to establish yourself and sustain yourself uh, professionally. Um, so I've, I've worked closely with them for many years and we sell uh, handmade Syrian soap. It's, it's prepared by uh, women from Damascus as well um, and these like cool eye pouches. So we also buy that from that organization and we donate 20% of everything we sell directly back to them. I know Andrew's been digging on that, so it's legit. And you know, when you got a van full of stinky dudes, it's a great way to soap. Good. Soap is a great merch item to have for sure. <laughs> so I mentioned I'm first generation Syrian American. I'm a product of immigrants from Aleppo, uh, Syria. I had a big family that was in Syria before the war began. About 12 aunties, uncles, maybe about 50, 60 cousins. It was a big family. It was just my immediate family in the States. It was only us. And my father spent so much of his life striving to create a better life for his family and made it to the U.S., you know? That was really something we cherished as a family. I took it for granted because I just had no idea what was going to happen. Nobody knew what was going to happen. You know, I'd go every year or two. My family would go for months at a time. 
it was so important to my family to stay connected to our heritage. So we would go. We would go. I had all these cousins. It felt like family. It was just so nice. It was so beautiful. It felt like home. And suddenly that was ripped away from us after the uprising, of course. So this song has a lot to do with that, but it's actually even more specific. This has to do with a cousin of mine that I lost in Syria early on. She was only 24 years old. She was on her way to get a PhD in microbiology. Super intelligent, really smart. And one weekend she was just gonna go visit her sister in Turkey. She was on a bus and somebody shot at that bus. It was target practice and she was the victim. And I've been wondering ever since then, why? You know, it's, there's like a sudden, there's, a, there's this feeling of guilt or shame too that comes with it. It's like, I didn't do anything directly to earn my place here. But for some reason, I have a microphone. And if I don't do my part to tell her story, then who's going to hear it? Who's going to hear the, the voices of so many voices that have gone unheard in this crisis that's stolen over half a million lives and displaced over 12 million people? And people still ask, is the war happening? Is it going on? I haven't seen it in the news. It doesn't have to be an active fighting zone to necessarily be war-torn. When you look at the economic conditions, the social conditions, and everything that's happening, this country has become unrepairable. We'll do everything that we possibly can, of course, to shine a light in the darkness that surrounds my cousin's memory and to help rebuild a better future for Syria. We are committed to that, but there's a lot of work to do. That being said, this song was about my cousin. It's called Lost. She's lost, she's part of the world today. Break off a piece of my soul and bury it underneath the ground. This cycle's ordinary. I was stumbling, staring down our fate with the wrong impression. They stole another story. The cold and rainy morning. I scream and shake, but I feel numb. Oh, watch as I float away in my own grave, searching the haze for sure. Never will I land. I'm making the same mistakes. I'm running from myself again. Quiet, a living apparition, I'm surely disheveled. Oh, what a and say they'll take care of everything. Black clouds are threatening to swallow us whole. Oh. Presume, wake up. Another day I spent lamenting for. I'm picking up the pieces that we had from her memory. No more searching for an answer. Just 
just take some time to in the door and I'm shaking from top down how do I pull myself in bury the hatchet before I lose my soul I'm running from myself again crying living average and I'm surely disheveled what I and say they'll take Everything black clouds are threatening to swallow us whole. Myself again, quiet, living average, and I'm surely disheveled. Oh, what I wait and sing, they'll take care of everything. Black clouds are threatening to swallow us Mike Gore holding it down back here. Has this group, it's a specific group, played together before? This group has never played together That's before. That's cool, okay. Which is not really all of us in the same room, but all of us have played in this group yeah, before. Yeah, Just not at the same <laughs> not time. Not together collectively. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's usually something hovering around in my life um, where I'm trying to figure out how to capture that sentiment and that story. Um, I think especially with, with Jeremy and Andrew lately, um, being able to, to work with classically trained musicians uh, to, and, and jazz trained musicians especially to help tell, tell that story and, and the way that certain minds like these two, I, I'd say especially, <laughs> can translate that and be like, oh, we're, we're going for this mood. I'm, I'm hearing and seeing certain colors and we can experiment and we try to invert a chord and we... And we Ooh, we want to bring in an element of surprise or like really add a dynamic here and then we'll, we'll exercise that, try it a couple different ways. This song is a, is a personal one for me. It reminds me so much of um, 
my, my time traveling and seeing my family over in Syria. This song in particular takes place in a park behind my grandmother's house in Aleppo. Um, there was this river that ran in that park, and I remember it distinctly because there was no water in that river. It was filled up with a bunch of trash. It smelled terrible. You didn't want to get near it, but I didn't understand it at the time. Now, as time went on, I learned that the water supply was actually cut off to that river for many, many years. There's a lot of people that have been through the Middle East, through the Fertile Crescent, really ripping up the natural resources, so water has become much more scarce. So Turkey actually cut off the water supply to this river for a long time. But before the war began, right before the war began, they reopened that water supply. And the river started flowing again. They planted grass, and they put in these park benches, and it looks really pretty from the pictures, but I never got to see it. Of course, the war has broken out, and I haven't been able to visit ever since, and I don't expect to return in my lifetime. However, I did get to visit in my dreams, and the water was so full. The only way to even navigate was just to get in a boat and sail away. So I got up in the middle of the night, and I just started writing. It was just one of those moments. That's what came of that. This was called Black Water. Breathe. 
You mentioned on your website, and, and I've, I've kind of heard this tag for the band, this Syrian heart, Midwest soul. Can you talk about what that means to you as a band? Syrian heart, Midwest soul. <laughs> <laughs> Easy <laughs> enough. Nah, nah, because it's really not like a this and that. Like I've always had my feet in two worlds. Um, I think maybe, I don't want to call it a mistake. It's like a reflection, um, you know, like when, when the crisis in Syria first really happened and I started talking about it, um, it was first like we would play a show and then I would talk about what was going on. You know, obviously it takes a long time from the time you write a song until it becomes a studio production and it's released to the world. So it felt disjointed for a while because we were playing music that had a different feeling to it and it was like, you know, my younger 20s self, like, I don't want to work in a cubicle. like. It was, it, was, it was about something so different. And then I'm talking about something super profound after the show or during a Q&A. Um, and so starting with that point, like when I went back to the, to the books and started writing, I, I decided it was very important to, to connect the dots, um, to tell this story through the music in a way that also feels very real and authentic to me. Um, but I also did that without thinking enough about the people that I was working with in the band. Um, it wasn't until we did some more interviews, honestly, that like, like this, where uh, I, I, did, I realized that the band hadn't been challenging themselves to think about maybe Syria or their, the, the causes uh, in, the same, in the same fashion. Um, and then I became much more intentional about it uh, and just including the band when we have these types of conversations and frank conversations and charity initiatives or getting to an organization and, and working with families like to try to be as inclusive as possible to bring everybody closer to that experience because it's not Syrian heart and Midwest soul. Like that is embedded in the project and needs to be with everyone, whether you're Syrian or not. All right, so this next one is a throwback to 2017 and the travel ban that went in place that forbid my people and a lot of other people from entering the States. I was mad. I was angry. I was angry. There were protests happening left and right. They stopped people at the airport. They landed and they wouldn't even let them out of the airport. So I went to O'Hare, Chicago. I was there at the time. And I 
really wanted a sign that said something that like could really capture my sentiment. So I wrote on a sign, my Syrian immigrant father delivered over 3,000 American babies. Because that was the story I wanted to tell. I wanted to get rid of this alienization of, of our people and give people a good sense that like a lot of people were actually delivered into this earth with the help of my father who was an OBGYN. Came to this country with $20 in his pocket. And I called him and I said, what do you think, dad? And he goes, well, actually, best said it was 4,000 babies, which I appreciate the correction. Thank you, dad. It can always be a little better, you know. But this song is a resistance against that kind of rhetoric and the hatred and uh, the normalization of xenophobia that was just surrounding us. This platform that made it suddenly patriotic to feel this way. I wanted to change that message and help break down walls and build empathy instead. So this song's called Stepping Back in Time. And it's about taking too many steps backwards at an unbelievably critical point to come together with one another, find a bit of understanding. Hey. hey. I make the call and I let it ring. All those operators gonna take my name because I wanna say, hey. no, it's not okay, no.
haters, they are closing in. This violence turned an old skinner. We've seen it before. Your silence in the wake of hate. Our doors would have made us gray. We're heading to They are closing in This violence to an old Skinner We've seen it before Your silence in the wake of hate does whatever made us great Thank you. So that last song we just heard, Stepping Back in Time, you talk about how um, you feel maybe in, in the, the kind of rights and, and in, in the experience in our country, we are stepping back in time, maybe going back in time, re regression a little bit. I'm also struck by maybe the, the double entendre there of, of stepping back in time musically and, and kind of pulling from classic styles of music, hearkening to you know the, the Otis Reddings and the people that you mentioned as well. What about that style of music kind of drew you to that? And how, how is that style of music effective in spreading the message that you're trying to spread with your music? Of course, soul and funk and jazz go back to the revolutionary times. And it was such an important channel, it was such an important vehicle for, for artists to, uh, to express themselves. And I really think a lot about Otis Redding uh, in the late 60s. Uh, right before he passed, there was actually this live performance he did in Norway in 1967. Uh, of try a little tenderness and was caught this video. We love to perform this in, in our set. Um, and that was a life-changing like, thing to watch for me. I watched this documentary on Otis Redding and I just expected it to be full of heartbreak. And just, you know, I'm sure the documentary just highlighted on certain parts, but there was so much love and empathy for Otis Redding at a time that was so difficult in our society. Um, and not just our society, but internationally. And then here he is in Norway up on the stage. And, you know, at the end, to try a little tenderness, you know, like, and the whole band like walks off and the announcer comes on. He's like, oh, it's hurting. And then he, Otis Redding was stormed back on stage and take him like, you know, like, and every time like brought, he would double that energy and then double it again. And he did it like six times. And people were bum rushing the stage. Like it didn't matter your gender, your color, nothing. Like they just wanted to be close and part of that experience. And that's where it dawned on me that music and artistry and lyricism, um, it's, it's, it's a lot more than singing your song. You know, there's, it's telling your story and, 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 and bringing that like raw grit that allows you to establish a connection with your audience that is just so profound. Um, and that's what I really wanted to channel with this music. And then stepping back in time, especially was super interesting because um, you know, the, we played that song. We'd been touring on it for about two years before we recorded it. And then in the studio, after we recorded it, like, okay, that was a good take. Let's do the chorus in a completely different style. And we turned it into like a disco feeling, which suddenly put the entire song together. Um, so it also just really like made it fresh and exciting for us. <laughs>
song's called Somebody's Royal. Why do you get to say whenever it's over? Why do you get to say that you don't care? Weather's always the same, or it never gets better. Baby blue, simple gray, each passing day. Shout out to Andrew Dennis, helping me see that one through. The way that we made sure that the baby was ours. <laughs> it was 
by making sure that she loves Mexican food. And this girl eats as many tacos as I do already. It's amazing. It's amazing. We love it. It's a staple. It's the, it's the household food. <laughs> all right, I'm going to take you all back to Aleppo, but this is a very different vibe. This is Aleppo during the daytime. This is the Aleppo that I remember visiting growing up. This is the oldest continuously civilized city on the earth. People have been living in Aleppo for over 5,000 years. We've been around so long, gravity has actually weighed us down and kept us shorter than the average bear. I'm really tall for a Syrian person. Hey. <laughs> we don't hear enough about that narrative, about the history. We don't hear enough about the culture and the amazing food. You gotta try my mom's food, y'all. After party, we'll drive 10 hours, let's do it. We don't hear enough about the hospitality. The last time that I went and visited, I flew into Damascus, and it was like a seven-hour bus ride from there. So I stayed overnight. My father's uncle picked me up, and he insisted that I take the bed, that I get some good rest. That's the Syria that I remember. Those are the values that I remember, and that we work to rebuild through this work, through this project, every single day. So the song's called Aleppo. Let's do it. But if there's one thing I know, it's how to make you feel right at home. I'll just take the bed and eat up. Oh, can't you tell it's overwhelming? The love inside my nana's eyes. She stayed up and I was sick all night. Oh, it's taking time to realize she's gone. But the peace has followed her beyond and half. Summer nights and the smell of roads create a new beginning. But the world keeps on spinning. We're in danger now, where we've always been. The lighting of the city when they should be taking pity on the people seeking peace and a place to call. Yeah, you know, to the old city of Aleppo. It's the old city Aleppo. Yeah, running out of time. Save my plate. I'm coming back for more. You're gonna have to roll me back out through that door. So just shuffle the cards and deal them. Now pass that argile till we float into the clouds. Sit at us a party now. So laughing is hanging out. Oh, the sun's out over our heads. And we sleep it off and we do it again. And prayers fill the sky. The sunlight bright is gone. By the time I get home, I'm gonna see it with my own two eyes, like the memories, like the good times. The lighting of the city when they should be taking pity on the people seeking peace and a place to call. Yeah, you know, to the old city. Of 
Caleb on the trumpet. And how about my man Marcel Bonfim on the bass? This guy. What about this project uh, is kind of special and unique to, to all the other groups with which you're involved? Well, before Basil, I hadn't really toured before. I'd, I'd had a few gigs that took me uh, working throughout the country, but uh, this is the first, like, you know, living out of a suitcase and, uh, you know, spending seven hours in a van with a bunch of guys and some soap. And some soap. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's been really fun to experience it. Uh, but on top of it, it's not just a band, it's just a gig. All this stuff with the humanitarian uh, support and uh, the message to bring out there is, makes it a little more, more meaningful and you get a bit more invested in it. And it, uh, it just adds another dimension to the music that uh, is, is really fascinating to be a part of. And I, I really enjoy the... Um, the, just the experiences of meeting all these different people that this, uh, not just the music, but all the, um, the humanitarian stuff brings us in contact with. I, I want to piggyback on what Jeremy just was saying. Like, what stands out for me about this band, I love the music for a musician. It's so fun to play. It was so hard to learn, and it was just, like, crazy, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. for me, I'm just, like, having so much fun every time I sit behind the kit to play something for Basil is like really challenging. It's really like something I can stick my chest out and be proud to do. Also, the message is so strong. I really love the message. Like when I first joined, I didn't um, really know like what the message was until I got to playing and start, we start going around and I hear him talking, doing the prefaces before the songs like we did here uh, today. And um, yeah, that touched me even more too, because I was like, oh wow, this is a real deep, strong message that a lot of people ain't even aware of. He's helping bring an awareness for his people in Syria, and I think that's really dope. Because of the humanitarian aspect, I feel like it gets this band a lot of different types of gigs, I think, than any of the other bands I'm uh, affiliated with right now, at least. Um, and it's been really cool to see that. And it's been also really cool to see how well it's been received no matter where we've been at. Right, I think pretty much, you know, every crowd that we've, you know, put that plight out to has been really eager to receive it and uh, grateful, you know. So that's been cool. Yeah, for me, I went to originally I went to school for classical trumpet, and playing with Basil was one of the first times I got the opportunity to play original music and play soul music and just do something completely different, playing a horn section. Well, as a, as a viewer and a fan, both the, the meaning behind the band and the fun that you guys have really cuts through on stage. So it's cool to see and cool to, cool to kind of uh, feel that infectious energy while you all are performing. Thanks again for being here. It. Yeah, Thank you.
This song is called Smoke. Smoke 
Thank you so much again, everybody. We're Basil with Supernaturals. All right, well, we love you. Y'all are great. Take care of yourselves, all right? My name is Basil. Y'all, this is Andrew Dennis over on the keys. Marcel Bonvim on the bass. Mike Gore on the drums. Jeremy Poporat on the guitar. Caleb Mitchell on the trumpet. And I am Basil Almadani. Basil Supernaturals, thanks again, everybody. You take care, all right? Funding for this program was provided by Friends, the Iowa PBS Foundation, as well as generations of families and friends who feel passionate about the programs they watch on Iowa PBS.